Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. That means it's time for Tim with Tim. Do I say, I don't mean to say the same thing every day. Do I say the same thing every day? Uh, if I do, I, I apologize. But this is what time it is, and it is who I am, and it is what we're doing. <laughs> it's Tim with Tim. We go verse by verse through the Word of God, and uh, we're going through the book of Job right now. Today, chapters 11 and 12. Uh, I'm really enjoying Job. I, I love you guys so much. I, I know I'm a pastor. I love God's word, uh, but I would never study it like this if it weren't for you and the fact that we're going to meet together. And, and again, just uh, the discipline of going verse by verse and, and not being able to hide or skip, uh, it's good for me. And, uh, and I appreciate so much your, uh, your keeping me faithful. Uh, I hope you're doing good today. I love you so much. Job chapter 11. This is, well, no, let me back up. I want to go back to chapter 9, verse 33, because yesterday, I don't think I said anything about this, and I can't skip this. Uh, uh, Job chapter 9, verse 33, uh, is another one of those places I just want to make sure that you highlight, because you're beginning to see this pattern, this this building up of this, this theme of a mediator. Job just keeps saying this, and um, it's it, it, it's Job preaching the gospel. Not really, but yeah, really. I mean, uh, Job chapter 9, verse 33 says, If only there were a mediator between us, someone who could, New Living Translation says, someone who could bring us together. But the Hebrew says, someone who could lay a hand on us both. You, you know, oh, I love that. Because Job keeps saying, God's so great, you know, and I'm nothing. You know, I can't go to where he is. I don't sit where he sits. And you know, and, and I'm so low, you, you know, if, if there were just somebody who could lay a hand on us both, you know, somebody who could reach up to God and reach down to me and 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 be that bridge, be that mediator. And and you know, that's such a wonderful gospel, you know, sort of longing. Oh, if we just had a savior, oh, if we just had if God could just come down to where I am, you know. Uh, anyway, notice this theme, and again, I'm going to try to do better. I want to make sure that I always flag those verses with you because, uh, again, that's the gospel. Uh, this mediator, you know, could uh, keep God, you know, from mistreating me, and I would no longer live in terror of his punishment. I could speak to him without fear. Yeah, oh my goodness, that's the gospel, y'all. That's the gospel. Jesus, who takes the wrath of God for us. Uh, Job's preaching the gospel. He just doesn't know it. So, chapter 11, Zophar jumps in now. Job has three friends. Uh, I use the title friend lightly. <laughs> Job has three friends. Uh, and anyway, now it's Zophar's turn And because uh, you know he was going to talk. And oh my goodness, uh, we just kind of wish he wouldn't. Uh, they just get so nasty. I mean, Job's friends at this point are just so nasty. I mean, obviously in their minds, Job's sins have caused all of his trouble. And the fact that Job will not, will not, you know, just confess this guilt, you know, that he, I mean, Job is saying over and over, I'm not saying I'm not guilty. I'm just saying I don't have anything to confess. I, I know I sin, but I don't sin enough for all this, you know, the suffering. The, if this is punishment for sin, the punishment is out of proportion. You know, I, I, I'm not saying I don't deserve it. You know, it's, it's just that this doesn't seem right. You know, this doesn't seem like what God would do. I mean, you know, it's Job just trying to make sense out of what doesn't make sense. But again, in their world, Zophar, Eliphaz, you know, Bildad, for them, they stand back here in their moment of prosperity. You know, they have no ability to put themselves 
in Job's position. They just stand back in their position and say, whoa, dude, you know, it, it must be horrible to be you with God all up against you and everything. But, you know, the sooner you just confess your sin and repent, the sooner God's going to make you rich again. I mean, that, that's kind of their, uh, that, that, that's their thinking. Uh, so chapter 11, verse 1, shouldn't somebody answer this tor- torrent of words? You're not proved innocent just because you keep on talking. You know, oh my goodness, you know, oh my goodness. This is so far talking to Job. When you mock God, shouldn't somebody make you feel ashamed? You know, like, I don't think Job has mocked God. Job has sincerely challenged the incongruence between his suffering and his sin, you, you know. He's questioning whether, you know, this, you know, the punishment fits the crime, so to speak, but he's not mocking God. He has questions, but he takes his questions straight to God, you know. Um, and, and again, I, I, I guess just as a, as a pastor, as a person who has wrestled with a lot of questions, I just, I don't think it's unfaithful to ask questions with sincerity, you know, and, and ask the questions with faithfulness. Sometimes when all you got is a question, to ask that question with, you know, humility and faithfulness is, you know, the most you know, responsive way to approach God, you know, in the midst of suffering. But again, the friends have no way to see that. They are so prideful and they are so full of themselves. Uh, If only God would speak, verse five, he'd tell you what he thinks. I I love this because they keep sort of foreshadowing what God's actually going to say, you know, because God is going to speak and God is going to tell you what he thinks, but it's not going to be what Zophar expects. Uh, Verse six, uh, Zophar says, uh, 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 Zophar is saying here in verse six that wisdom is always more complicated than you know. That's true. But then in the uh, bottom of verse six, he says, God is, New Living Translation, God is doubtly punishing you f- far less than you deserve. Um, but, but I think the Hebrew there says, uh, God, God has actually forgotten some of your sins. You know, in other words, like, you know, you're not getting all that you should be getting. God's probably forgotten half of what you did, you know? Oh my goodness, you know? Again, I'm reminding you, this is a man who lost everything. He lost every, he lost all 10 children in a single day. And he's, you know, struggling with this terrible, terrible physical malady. And, 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 the, I mean, and they're sitting around watching him scrape his, you know, running sores and all that. They're saying, yeah, you probably deserve worse, you know? Oh my goodness! Uh, and, and what follows, uh, you know, chapter seven? I mean, chapter eleven, verses seven and following. It sort of anticipates what God's ultimately going to come in and say. And in that sense, again, there's this irony because when Zophar says it, it kind of means one thing. When God will say it later, it'll mean something else. But the whole idea is, can you solve the mysteries of God? You know, it's just like Job. Who do you think you are? You know, who do you think you are? When God comes back and poses these same questions to Job, um, it's going to be different. It, it, it's going to have a different sense. And that's sort of the, the, the irony of, of the way the, the book of Job works. Verses 11 and 12, uh, God knows it. Uh, God, God knows who is false. God takes note of everybody's sins. An empty-headed person can't become wise any more than a wild donkey can bear a human child. <laughs> okay, that's crazy. Uh, but what Zophar is saying there is basically... Um, uh, it would take a miracle, Job, to change you. You, you know, to, to turn you now into a wise person. I mean, uh, 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 like I say, uh, these these guys uh, get rid of your sins and leave all iniquity behind you. You know, 
uh, verses 13 to 20. It's, it's amazing. Verse 17, uh, you know, repent, you know, give, get rid of your sins. Verse 17, and your life will be brighter than the noonday. Even darkness will be bright as morning. Well, mm, you know, God nowhere promises that when you confess your sins, you know, all of a sudden your life will be brighter than noonday. But, but this is the assumption of Job's comforters, Job's friends. They just assume that the moral universe is completely organized and reliable, you know, and therefore good people get good things, bad people get bad things. So if you're getting bad things, obviously you're a bad person no matter what you say. And and this is her whole argument. It's, it's kind of, it, Job's comforters have that whole prosperity gospel mindset, you know, that God will bless you you know, if you're if you're good to him, uh, and and that material blessings are a sign of you know God's approval, and and Job's going to answer that. Job starts his response in chapter twelve, but now notice it's in two parts, and I think that's kind of typical. Job will first there'll be a section where Job responds to his friends, and that's going to run all the way into chapter thirteen, into tomorrow's reading. And then in the middle of chapter 13 through the end of chapter 14, Job is going to respond uh, to God. So Job's about to have a long response starting right here in chapter 12, and it's broken down. First the friends, and then to to God. Verse 2, Job's getting a little bit sarcastic, which I'm kind of here for it. I like it because I'm so fed up with with his friends. But I love verse 2, chapter 12. You people really know everything, don't you? I mean, and the Hebrew there actually says, you people really know everything, don't you? I mean, that's what he says. You people really know everything. And when you die, wisdom will die with you. It's like Job is saying, you guys are the only smart people in the world. I don't know what we're going to do when you're gone. All the smart in the whole world is going to die with you. I mean, <laughs> go Job. You know, I mean, I'm sure he wants to say worse, but that's, that's the, you know, Job's a good guy and that's as bad as it gets. But but he's finally getting a little sarcastic. Oh, you guys, you guys know everything, don't you? Uh, you, you, you people really know everything. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, verse five: People who are at ease mock those in trouble. They give a push to people who are stumbling. Um, people who are at ease mock those in trouble. Um, what Job is pointing out there, and and there's there's just so much truth to this. Those of us who are doing well, those of us who are prosperous, we tend to sort of despise sufferers. I mean, we wouldn't say it, but we avoid them. I don't know whether we deep down fear that their suffering could spread to us, you know, but that whole idea, they give a push to people who are stumbling. Job's talking about his friends here, you know, and just the idea that they don't know what to do with his suffering. His suffering doesn't fit their clean, little tidy worldview. And for that reason, they they dismiss him. You know, they dismiss him. Uh, I mean, they've got to make Job's situation fit their theology or they're going to be wrong. And also, it will make them have to question, maybe all of my comfort isn't necessarily a sign of God's approval either if Job's suffering isn't necessarily a sign of God's disapproval. You know, you know what I'm saying? So they're, the way they see themselves depends upon this theology, which Job himself is a threat to. And so it's that whole idea that, you know, man, you'd mock a person suffering because you just simply cannot put yourself in the sufferer's place. You know, there's too much threat involved in that for you. You give people a push who are stumbling. You know, that that's harsh, but I'm afraid there is a lot of that in us. I mean, people often talk about how cruel the church is in, in the worst moments of their lives when they really needed help and Christian people just 
we don't have it in us sometimes. Uh, we, we kick them when they're down. Um, God help us. But Job's pointing that out because he's in that situation. You know, his believing friends have all come to comfort him and they only managed to make everything worse because they just continue to preach religion to him. And at the same time, they can't possibly put themselves in, in his situation. A couple of things and I'll be done. Verse 9 in chapter 12 um, uh, it's the one place in all of, I don't, I, not the whole book of Job, but it's the one place in all these discourses between Job and his friends, like chapter 3 to chapter 37. Verse 9 is the only place where the name of God is used, like Yahweh, the Lord. Notice right there, Lord is in all capital letters. It's the, you know, the name of God, Yahweh. It's the only place in chapters 3 to 37 where the name of God is used. I, I just find that uh, a, a little bit interesting. Verses 13 uh, to, to, to 25 or so, um, Job is talking about God's sovereignty, his wisdom, his power, but notice how uh, it's, it's all the negative aspects of God's power, the, the, the natural disasters, you know, the drought, the storm, uh, the fact that, you know, sometimes you have judges who are foolish. Um, Job's just kind of saying, uh, I don't care what you say, life doesn't always make sense. You, you can ask the animals, he says, they'll tell you this, you know. Life just doesn't always make sense. It, it is not just necessarily the case that, that you know, evil people suffer and, and the righteous will be secure because Job says, listen, I am, that, that's, that's not the way life is. Um, and yet they continue not to see that. The, Job's final word here in verse 25, the way he wraps up this section, notice it kind of harkens back to something Eliphaz said in chapter 5, I think it's verse 14 maybe, uh, the whole idea of groping in darkness, Job is kind of quoting back to him and putting his words back back in his face. But, but Job's going to continue. We'll pick up right here, chapter 13 and 14. Job's got a good speech coming, so, so, so be here for it tomorrow. Read ahead, chapter 13 and 14, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, continue the book of Job tomorrow. I love you guys so much. Uh, listen, it's, it's, uh, gosh, it's winter. I'm so sick of winter, uh, but we're going to stay in God's word and keep our hearts warm, okay? So I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. I love you guys so much. Have a good day.